Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show. We are your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of a multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, addictive doing, people pleasing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick so get ready to heal your body get your spark back deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams let's Let's dive dive in. in hello welcome to the party so it is december christmas season So exciting. I love Christmas. Um, If you follow us on socials or you're a client or even a friend, you'll probably know that we had a pretty big month last month, November, with the book launch, which is so exciting. So many amazing pre-orders that I'm so grateful for. Um, Our first live book launch event went off as well at the Devonport Library. Um, but it also sucked up a lot of my time that would usually be spent maybe creating content or self-care or relaxing. Um, so I thought I'd actually today repurpose a webinar that I did called The Root Cause of Emotional Eating for Natural Medicine Week earlier this year. And I chose this one because I feel like it could actually help quite a lot of people leading into this Christmas period. I know talking to clients, other people that there are some feels, they're feeling some feels about Christmas and all the, with all the Christmas parties and the Christmas cheer and the pavlovas and the chocolate and the wine and the alcohol and all the things that come along with Christmas for some people. Um, they're getting a bit concerned that they may go overboard or if they have that piece of pavlova, it may set them off to emotional eating again. Um, and unravel all the good work that they've been doing to help get themselves healthy and to heal. Maybe you might not be feeling like that. Maybe you're actually just like, stuff it, I'm having fun, it's Christmas, but you've actually got some underlying guilt and shame around your unhealthy eating patterns. So hopefully this episode today will give you a clear understanding about your eating patterns and help you move into the Christmas period and beyond into 2024 with more clarity and calm around why you eat what you eat. And just FYI, emotional eating is not about lack of willpower, which you will find um, in this episode today, I will be talking about the physical imbalances in the body and also the metaphysical imbalances in the unconscious state that causes emotional eating. And if you love this episode, if you love our root, root cause approach where we go beyond just throwing out supplements or diets at you, we're actually looking, using science-backed evidence, lab testing at where your body systems are at, and then even asking the deeper questions that no other practitioner that I know of really asks in terms of what's happening deeper below in the unconscious state because it's controlling the body systems. If you love this approach and your heart is pulling you towards it as something that you feel could solve your body burnout once and for all, then our doors are open. We're leaving the doors open for an extended period over the Christmas summer break. You can jump right in, jump in before Christmas. You could start ending your body burnout today. (laughs) Um, And also, okay, if you want to wait until the new year, but you will also get access to all of our content and to our one-on-one services straight away rather than waiting a month or two, depending on where my wait list is at at the time of this recording going live. All right. Anyway, I'll pop in the show notes a link to the Ending Body Burnout Method if you would like to check out what that looks like. There's two different options to joining that. And yeah, hopefully see you in there. And I hope that you enjoy this episode today and get lots of insights out of it. Okay, so why are we talking about this? Well, so in our practice, as I said before, we have a big focus on ending body burnout. And I do see emotional eating showing up as either a... um, a cause or an effect of body burnout. 
And three main issues that I see tied up in body burnout are energy issues, so fatigue, brain fog, not sleeping well, mood issues that might show off as anxiety, depression or mood imbalances, irritability, snappiness. I used to call myself the dragon mum, so I had a lot of mood issues, um, as well as gut issues and, and other inflammatory issues. Often shows up when you've burning, been burning the candle at both ends for too long and your body's now physically not functioning very well. So food is medicine. It can also be poison. And I want to say that without fear, but when we think about emotional eating, it's like, well, how is it affecting our body? If we're eating the foods that are nourishing and restoring our body, then it's going to be medicine. If the foods that we are choosing um, to eat when we're feeling emotional are maybe more inflammatory foods, then it's absolutely tied up in the manifestation of energy, mood and gut issues. It can actually cause those symptoms to arise. Um, oh, there's also what I call inflammatory emotions. So you could be eating the foods and then having an impact on your physical body and your body systems. But on the other hand, a lot of people stuck in this cycle of emotional eating often have this, this craving or this love or this yearn towards certain foods. And then regardless of whether it's actually healthy foods or unhealthy foods, there's often inflammatory emotions going on there as well. So guilt and shame, frustration, self-hatred and all of that, like those emotions are actually just as if not more detrimental to the body systems because you're constantly sending signals of fight and flight and your adrenals, your stress hormones and your brain are producing lots of stress chemicals in the body which impacts all of your body systems. And so then that alone too can show up as fatigue, bloating, gut pain, PMS, any body system uh, uh, symptom when your body's not functioning at its best. Um, so, so not only can you get stuck in this cycle of self-hatred, shame. I mean, like the bigger consequences aren't just our eating patterns. And it's probably why you're here. If it was just our eating patterns, but life was happy and dandy and our body felt really good, you probably wouldn't even think that you have an emotional eating problem because you're happy and everything's great. But the bigger consequences when things get quite stuck and when you get into this cycle is those, those self-judgment feelings. You may find too that your burnout um, in terms of your body and how it's showing up is not only just showing up as symptoms, but you might find that you can't work anymore or you have to cut back your hours um, or you can't get out of bed in the morning or you can't parent properly. And so huge consequences um, are what we're dealing with when emotional eating gets to the point where it's majorly affecting our body systems. Um, and for me too, like a big one that really got me uh, looking at my health very seriously was family falling apart. So I got to the point where I was anxious and a dragon mum and just a really not a nice person um, because my mental health and my body wasn't functioning very well. And pretty much almost ended up in a divorce between Chris and I. And I had these fears that I would psychologically damage my children. So, you know, it was at the point of, of breakup and breakdown that I really then started looking at my body and my health and uh, my emotions and looking at everything holistically. Um, and so, so, actually, I'll go over that a bit later. But the but you can transform these things. So there is a way where you can transform your way of being. You can have complete control over the way that you eat. You can have a beautiful relationship with food and your body feels vibrant and healthy and you can do all that you want to do. Um, and also feel present and connected. And that's with your loved ones. But I find like if you can really become present and connected with yourself, then everything feels better and you're going to show up as a better present and connected friend, wife, husband, partner, uh, parent that you can be. And I reckon if I asked all of you what's the most important thing in your life, you'd probably say the, the people that you love. And so, and so these health issues that we have have a major impact on our relationships and our own sense of well-being and happiness. 
Okay, so let's do another little bit of chatting. Um, oh, Anna from Perth, cheese in a sandwich with lettuce. Mm, that's haven't heard lettuce as an emotional eating um, fallback pattern, so <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, so how is – if you feel comfortable in the chat box, um, do you emotional eat? I'm guessing maybe from time to time if you're on this web class. Um, how is it affecting you? Why do you want to overcome it? You don't have to answer all of these questions, but anything that you feel comfortable popping in the chat box – and also like just thinking about the bigger consequence, what would be the result if you didn't address your relationship with food? Um, Michelle, no, but my husband does. Oh, oh okay, okay, so you're here for your husband. Um, Oakley, yes, if I don't get my fix, it takes over my brain. Yeah, yeah. And that's the big thing and we'll chat about it a bit more. But like a lot of these foods that we tend to go for when we're feeling out of control, emotional eating are drugs. Like sugar is the most, uh, is even more addictive than cocaine. And we're exposed to it as toddlers or babies. So it's like, huh. No wonder uh, all these C words have a lot of sugar in them and we become addicted to them. Um, I eat, Jen said, I eat the most when I'm happy and having fun. Yeah, is that an issue for you then, Jen, I guess is what I would ask there. Um, and I thought I was all good because I don't carry weight anymore, but I so do, as in you do um, carry weight now or – you feel like it's actually impacting you. Jen, yes, I love having fun at family events. Yeah, and so, well, actually, let's go to, you know, anyone else popping um, chats in, I'll come back and read your stuff. But it's interesting around I love having fun. So nothing is, there's nothing wrong with emotional eating until there is. You know what? There's so many people who eat junk food and don't have an issue with it. And even their body is actually metabolizing it fine. It's like, I hate those people. No. <laughs> um, but there's nothing wrong with emotional eating until there is. And when there is, it's either impacting your health in some way that you're not happy about, or the eating patterns are really creating those inflammatory emotions that I mentioned before. So they're kind of the two things, because I don't want to demonize, like we are, we are emotional creatures. I love, I actually love food. I love food. I don't know if anyone's listened to the podcast from last week, but I shared my um, my <laughs> food shame story. But in the end, I'm like, I love food. Like I, I, I love eating food. It makes me happy. Well, that's emotional eating, isn't it? Because happiness is an emotion. And so it's not bad. And I went through a stage actually. So I kind of did, if you want to listen back to the podcast, you can, um, it's on our website. You just press the little podcast link and it'll take you to it. But, but like in a nutshell, I went from, um, just kind of like eating the standard Australian diet. Didn't even really think there was an issue with it, but it was causing inflammation in my body. So eating sugar and, you know, and it was my joy. Like I found a lot of joy out of that. And I didn't really have a lot of hangups around how I was eating until it was majorly affecting my body. And I realized that a lot of the symptoms were coming from food. And so then I swung all the way to the other end and became like a health nut, <laughs> a health freak, some people called me. And I'm like sprouting and fermenting and just being um, uh, eating raw foods and dairy and making my own ferments and everything. Um, but I went through a transition period where I ate really healthy on the weekdays, but on the weekends, I'm like, yeah, I did so good. Now I'm going to treat myself. And I would go out and eat all the things and then have all the inflammation show off in my body again. And that went on for months, if not years, until I got to a point where I'm like, this food that I'm eating that's causing inflammation. And for me, it was like sugar. Oh, I loved hot cross buns and cakes and chocolate and slices and vanilla slices and all those things. Um, 
I got to a point where I'm like, I have to go cold turkey on all of this because it's making me sick. And I kind of even started creating some food fears around that too. It's like, it's going to cause me cancer. So every time I went to eat something, I'm like, is this going to give me diabetes or cancer? Am I going to die from this? And so I did go cold turkey. And again, for maybe like a year, didn't touch any form of sugar except for fruit, like not even natural sugars. But that was also showing up as an eating disorder. Like basically I had orthorexia where I was so obsessed around eating healthy and that there was a lot of fear around those foods. So that's another way that emotional eating can show up too because I had all those negative attachments to the food that I was eating. And I got really preachy around people too, like, oh, that Kit Kat's going to kill you. (laughs) And I wasn't a very fun person to be around in events. Um, I wasn't that intense, but, you know, a lot of people felt guilty. A lot of people felt like I was judging them and I probably was, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest, Um, when I went to social events. So I think that I stopped getting invited to places and then I'm like, oh, this is an issue. Um, So anyway, so that has been a big journey for me and I'm sure for other people too, you've had your own emotional eating journey um, up until this point. Um, I'm just going back to a couple of these comments. I eat when I'm tired, cranky and or drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll dig into those too. So like what could be some body imbalances that may cause these other emotions that then cause you to go to the foods that maybe make you feel worse, but better in the moment. And then Michelle, sometimes I do that and feel terrible on the Monday. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of sounds like me where I was like eating perfect during the week. And then on the weekend I eat all the foods and then I have a big flare off and I felt crap again. <laughs> that cycle. Taylor, it brings me out of the current moment and I can't focus on anything else, but the food and can't enjoy it or be present. Yeah. Also my space bar doesn't work. <laughs> okay. I see that now. <laughs> Nicole. Yep. I actually find that at times I emotional eat when once the body symptoms have already begun. Ah, so it's almost like a, damn it. Well, it's not working anyway, so I may as well eat the food. (laughs) I hate it. Um, Okay, so the two main causes of body burnout comes back to the nervous system. Well, actually, before I talk about the main causes. Oh, why is this pen not working? Nothing's working today. Ah, stuff it. All right. You can see that nervous system dysregulation. So we've got this beautiful nervous system that is basically controlling all of our body systems and the way that our organs are functioning. Um, It's also controlling or kind of like sending messages back and forth to our unconscious state, which will become really important to be aware of at the end when I chat about some metaphysical issues and do a little bit of coaching around that. Um, So the two main – the two reasons – flat out the two reasons why our body burns out comes back to physical inflammation and metaphysical inflammation. So physical inflammation are things like your body systems breaking down and I'm going to talk about five key ones that I see very often in emotional eating. Um, But then it's also like toxins in our environment, mold, um, inflammatory foods. Um, It could be like a physical injury. It could be an excess amount of dust. So they're all physical inflammatories that can cause major issues to our nervous system and then break down our body systems. Then metaphysical inflammation is super important too because our body can't differentiate a stressor. So you could eat a cake with sugar in it and that (laughs) – maybe I'll use a different example. You could sniff petrol – which I think everyone agrees is not great to do. You could sniff petrol, physical inflammatory, and it's going to send off a signal to your nervous system that you're not safe. It's like, this is not not a good thing to be sniffing. And so then your body releases uh, um, cortisol and adrenaline, which are basically fight-flight type response hormones. Okay, so sniffing petrol, then you could be over on the other side, thinking something maybe unkind about yourself. Oh, I always do the thing with the food. I'm such an idiot. I'm such a loser. Why can't I have more self-control? So those really low vibe type emotions will cause the same nervous system dysregulation and cortisol and adrenaline to start secreting in your body. 
And so, and I like to actually give another example. Your body can't differentiate from a tiger about to attack you. Same stress hormones will start flooding through your system. And every time you say, I'm no good, I hate myself because I just ate the thing. When it's So when you kind of think about that from a holistic point of view, it's not just all the physical stuff that's affecting our body systems and our nervous system, but it's all the mental, emotional, unconscious stuff that's stuck in our system as well. Okay, so um, let's chat about some physical imbalances and I'm going to uh, talk about these um, and show some lab testing as well. So in functional medicine, it's a natural medicine approach for anyone who's new to functional medicine, um, but it's also using science-based, evidence-based lab testing to actually really pinpoint what's happening in your body in some really important body systems. So on this little slide... Neuroendocrine system is all about your brain and your hormones. GI system is all about the gut and the food that you're eating. And detoxification system is all about your liver and how well you're clearing out toxins from the body and chemicals from the body. Now, there's five key areas that I see clinically that can have a major impact on emotional eating. And I want to go over those now. So the first one is adrenals. Um, so this is a picture of an adrenal test. Uh, and basically your adrenals sit on top of your kidneys they are, and they secrete your stress hormones, cortisol, which is what we're seeing flatlined in this lab test. So that's like the body is not producing cortisol very well in this person's lab test. Um, a perfect lab test reading would be if it was hugging the top end of the green range. So this person is what we call is a, they're in adrenal fatigue um, and basically it's where your hormones at some point so your stress hormones were flooding and surging and lots and lots of stresses and and over time when there's chronic stress your hormones actually start to deplete and that's where people actually become more fight or flighty and more symptomatic um, so there was oh, client case um so this is me. <laughs> this is actually about me. I had stage two adrenal fatigue and I chose this picture because my big weakness back in the day was anything with fruit in it and bread. So hot cross buns, Boston buns, fruit loaf, like give me anything like that or Christmas cake and oh, heaven. And I remember one time, so this is before I started doing my own functional medicine testing. And back then I was working with a functional medicine doctor in America, Dr. Daniel Kalish, and he then mentored me in how to treat people. Um, but I remember I was in the supermarket one day with my two kids and they were both crying and I was crying. I can't even really remember what was happening, but I just remember feeling like so overwhelmed, so much anxiety, and I just lost it in the supermarket. Um, and so when I got home... <laughs> I don't think I was even consciously aware. And this is for the person who said, I can't get my fix until I have the thing. Um, so it's almost like this like really intense addiction where sometimes you don't even consciously know that you're starting or doing the pattern. So I got home, I pull out my, um, uh, my bags and inside it, all the things that I just listed, it wasn't just one hot cross bun. And when it has the cross at Easter time, that was like even better. But it was like all the other things. And I'm like, did I really need to buy all that? But it was just, that's how it was showing up for emotional eating for me. And sometimes it was even happening unconsciously as well. And as I started healing my adrenals, which was the first part of my functional medicine program, um, I started having control over the way that I was eating and not really even feeling like I needed to have sugar. So the impact that adrenals have with your relationship for food is that one, you're not coping with stress very well. So if you're eating your emotions, then that's going to um, amplify your relationship with food. But also cortisol, so your stress hormone, interacts with, with your blood sugar levels. So if cortisol rises, so does your blood sugar levels. And at some point, those blood sugar levels are going to drop. And when you're in hyperglycemia, so when those blood sugar levels drop, that's when you then usually are craving, whether it's sugar or sometimes for some people it's coffee or usually it's carbohydrates because your body's trying to um, send you a message to bring your blood sugar levels up. And if you're dysregulated, then often that can show up as emotional eating. 
Um, okay. Second area of the body uh, imbalance that can impact food. So ladies who have – has anyone ever um, experienced PMS and food changes in terms of what you want to eat? <laughs> Yes. Okay. So if your cycle's off um, and that can show up in many different ways on this lab test, I love this lab test. Usually when you go to the GP, um, they don't actually often test your sex hormones, even if there's, you know, some pretty significant symptoms that are showing up as female hormone issues. And if they do, they usually do a blood test and it's just like a one test and it doesn't really give the full picture of what's happening over the cycle. So I tend to do a 28-day female hormone cycle panel which actually measures your progesterone and estrogen or estradiol over the course of a cycle and you can really then see what's happening. And so on this test um, at the top estradiol is showing up as way too high so it should be coming back down after ovulation in day 14 and then progesterone is pretty much like cortisol on the other lab test so that's just like flatlining. This combination causes major PMS because you don't have the lovely progesterone coming up where you feel good and then you just bleed as the hormones drop. So PMS FYI in case you're not aware is not normal and neither are menopausal symptoms either. You should either like if you're still cycling you should just bleed comes and goes and when you go into menopause or perimenopause you should just stop having your period all these symptoms that show up are very abnormal and that is not the common um, narrative in society um, so we had a client a few years ago who she had major issues with PMS in fact she almost turned into a different person um, so during the rest of the cycle, she ate pretty healthy and she was on track. And then the moment day 21 hit, so from 21, day 21 to day 28, she just turned into a major chocoholic. And it was really hard because she also had an underlying candida, so fungal infection, talk about that in a secchi, um, which was, which we were trying to get rid of. But every cycle, so every 28 days, she would eat a bucket load of sugar. Um, and it wasn't until we tested the female hormones and actually started supporting the female hormones that, like, honestly, <laughs> she was just eating normally throughout the whole cycle. It was, it was insane. I mean, it wasn't insane because it all makes sense, but it was cool to see. Um, uh, question around, can this test for menopause too? Um, depending on where you're at, if you're kind of in the – so perimenopause can start as late as – 30, uh, late 30, sorry, and then it can continue for 12 years. So if I had a client who is still cycling regularly, regularly, but we're kind of suspecting that there might be some perimenopausal type symptoms, I will still run this test. If you're in the perimenopausal stage or you're now in postmenopause, so you've it's been 12 months since your last period, um, I wouldn't run this test. I would just do a spot test um, because your hormones shouldn't be fluctuating. They should just remain the same. Okay, um, so this is a test, a uh, little snippet of what I call, what's called an organic acid test. So this is a urine test. And this test can look at the neurotransmitters, which I just find fascinating. And I don't know why psychiatrists who are prescribing a lot of antidepressants and antipsychotics don't run this test as part of their practice. Um, when I was studying functional medicine, so I did a four month, four year, sorry, mentorship with Dr. Kalish. When I joined up, it was mostly natural practitioners. When I finished in year four, it was actually mostly uh, medical doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists, which was really cool. That was like mostly American people. So I kind of feel like Australia is maybe 10 years behind. So we may see things change in terms of testing in the medical system. Um, so this, uh, these little markers here are looking at different brain chemicals. So number 22 is vanyl mandalate and this relates to adrenaline. Number 23 is homovanilate that relates to dopamine and number 24 relates to serotonin. And I chose this little snippet because number 23, which is dopamine, is really low. And dopamine is your... Um, 
kind of like your feel good brain chemicals. So it's very much around get up and go and energy and motivation, but it's also the reward center part of your brain and being able to feel joy and happiness. And I often see clinically when it's really low, people are showing up with some sort of addiction. Um, And that might be repetitive thought patterns. Um, It might be alcohol, drugs, but also I often see food addictions as well because your body or your brain is constantly trying to get a bit of a dopamine hit and all the foods that you guys listed earlier, chocolate does that, ice cream does that, all the sugary, yummy foods provides a hit of dopamine. Um, So that one's pretty important. Um, Now this was a, a client case again of a lady who had bulimia who uh didn't didn't binge out when she was sad she was a bit like I can't remember who who it was but the person who said oh I love eating when I'm having fun and I'm happy so her bulimia pattern was actually when she was excited and happy and with her family and with her friends but she got into a pattern for many many years like this was going on for 10 years before she came to see us um but she was yeah, pretty much binging out during those happy social periods and then hating on herself later, vomiting, chucking up. Um, And a lot of it was to do with body image and all that sort of stuff. Uh, But as we started supporting her dopamine levels as well as working holistically with her to look at why that was the case in the first place, um, she actually started to not have like over time those episodes got less and less and less and she started developing more control over the way that she was eating and also not stuck in that cycle of like binge and then guilt and shame and all that sort of stuff. So that was that was great. Like that was life changing. Um, this is also from the same test. So the, the WE test that looks at the brain can also look at a bunch of nutritional markers. And this one's looking at all your Bs. Um, now, vitamin Bs are really important for mental health as well as every cell in your body actually is made up of Bs, proteins and amino acids. So if someone has vitamin B deficiencies and when these markers are high, it actually means deficient. Um it can have a major impact on everything. And I picked out this case because this was super interesting. So we had a lady working with us who had a family history. This is going back generations of alcoholism. Um, and she actually broke the, the alcoholic trend or addiction when she left home. So she left home uh, as an early teenager And she was like, I've seen how this has ruined my family for generations. I am not going to drink. And so, which was amazing that she got herself out of that cycle. But instead, so she was also experiencing anxiety. But instead of going to alcohol, her choice of comfort was food. And so she got into this cycle where again eating really well on the bandwagon, doing good. And then the moment that she was triggered and anxiety flared up, she would fall into emotional eating habits, overeat, feel horrible about herself, never be able to lose weight, body always inflamed. Um, And so when we did tests, she actually had um, vitamin B deficiency as well as low dopamine, as well as a candida overgrowth. But the really interesting thing was when we started supporting her vitamin B deficiencies, she started sleeping better. She started coping with stress better. So anxiety started to get better, um, which then had a direct impact in this cycle of emotional eating when she was feeling really triggered with emotions. Um, and And then when she saw the change, she's like, wow, that's fascinating. Did you know what? My mum is actually no longer an alcoholic. And the thing that made a huge difference was for her was a GP picked up that she was low in B12. And when, and the GP was just like, oh yeah, low in B12, just take a B12 supplement. And the moment she started taking a B12 supplement, she was actually able to overcome her alcohol addiction. And so I was just like, what? Oh, my goodness. Imagine if like generations before her probably had this genetic issue with the vitamin Bs and the body burning through these Bs too fast. Imagine if hundreds of years ago 
they just had a vitamin B. I shouldn't say just because it's a combination of lots of stuff, but it was a huge thing that really just impacted her her way of being and made a huge difference when we started replenishing her body. Um, okay, last body system. So gut, super important. So everything that we eat ends up in our gut and our gut is also constantly sending messages up to our brain. So you might have heard of the gut-brain connection. Um, so any type of gut dysfunction can impact the way that you're eating. But a major pathogen that I see again um, showing up as causing big issues with emotional eating is candida. So candida is a fungal infection um, and it loves sugar. It loves sugar and it loves yeast and it loves really carby foods. And it's literally sending, it's doing quite a few things, but it is literally sending signals up to your brain that I want more sugar. I want more sugar because these pathogens want to survive in your system. They don't want to die off. Um, so it's almost like you're the host and they're trying to control you. Um, it's a bit like, I don't know if anyone's heard about these weird ants. No, 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 no. It's a weird mushroom. So out in the Amazon or somewhere, <laughs> I don't know where it is, <laughs> but there are these fungal mushrooms that grow in the forest and they they grow and then they break open and it, they send all their mycotoxins to ants. Maybe I'm getting this wrong. It's in one of my daughter's books. It's amazing. And then I saw a documentary about it. I'm like, wow, this really is real. But anyway, so these, so these top mycotoxins um, enter the ants or maybe they eat them. Gee, I'm really getting my facts wrong, but I'll get this fact right because this is very memorable. Once the once the ant has eaten the mushroom or however it ingests it, it then this mushroom, this fungus sends the signals up to the ant to let's go back to your colony. So this infected ant travels back to its colony, like back to the, the mother ant, the queen ant. Um, and then this mushroom grows out of the back of the ant and then it explodes and it infects all these other mushrooms and kills the colony. So candida is a bit like that, but it won't kill you. <laughs> but it is like it controls you. It, con it controls you maybe as not as intensely as those ants, but it's definitely affecting neurology. And there's a lot of research around how it affects the brain. Um, so uh, last case. So this is a lady who, again, kind of felt like she'd always had a poor relationship with food ever since a young age. Um I don't want to simplify this, by the way. It's not just like, just take this supplement and everything's good. But some, but because it's always like a holistic approach and there's lots of other elements to it. But sometimes these physical imbalances are the missing pieces that can make all the difference. Um, so for her, we did a bunch of tests because she, she was just not in a good way. It wasn't just emotional eating, but she had all sorts of inflammatory symptoms and fatigue and anxiety. And she's like, just, just do a big car check on me. So we tested a whole bunch of different body systems and we started working on her adrenals, which I remember didn't really help much. It was just like, oh, I just, I'm still feeling so out of control. And then the food that she was eating wasn't allowing her adrenals to heal. So I'm like, all right, let's, we have so much data, let's start working on the candida. And I remember three days after she started killing off the candida, um, she texted me and she said, I don't know what you've given me or what's going on, but I woke up this morning feeling like I have a different relationship with food. Like I feel like I can actually have control over what I want to eat and how I'm eating. And she also said, and it's really interesting now that, things are shifting it feels like a hangover has lifted off my shoulders so her the candida can cause brain fog fatigue and it can just literally feel like you've got a chronic hangover all your life 24 7 and so anyway that was that my, made my day I'm like oh that's so cool okay any questions any insights on the physical side of things, the body systems. And then we'll get into metaphysical stuff. Just pop them in the chat and I'll come back. Um, okay, so metaphysical imbalances. Um, so as I said before, body burns out due to physical stuff as well as metaphysical inflammation. 
all affecting the nervous system, which then impacts all of those body systems, the brain, the adrenals, the female hormones, the gut health, the vitamin Bs get burnt up. All of this, um, all these body systems are getting impacted when the nervous system is dysregulated. Um, oh, this is where having a pen would be really helpful because I wanted to draw on this um, to explain it a little bit more because there's lots of words. Mm. Oh, well, that's okay. It might be flat. <laughs> um, okay, so just bear with me. If this is a bit confusing because I can't point to it as I'm going. Okay, so in the little body, you've got your nervous system, you've got your body systems, and then it's kind of like, well, what, what actually caused these body systems to burn out in the first place? And a lot of the times, actually, I would say all the time, it comes back to deeper stuff that's happening in your unconscious state. And often started well before you actually started noticing symptoms or maybe even patterns of emotional eating. Um, and so, so if we think about it in the context of emotional eating, so talking about more metaphysical stuff, then you got to kind of think about, well, how, what was your first relationship with food? Um, when were you first exposed to your addictive substance? Um, what was your family's relationship with food as well? Because I was brought up in a family, which I'm sure is quite similar to a lot of people, where food was how how love was shown, um, especially like the sugary inflammatory foods. It's like, oh, I love you. Here's some more chocolate. Here's some more cake. Um, it was kind of like a reward and a treat. So, so when we think about the metaphysical side of emotional eating, we've got to look at all the stuff that's happened in the past. Um, now... That could potentially mean that you may feel like you could just um, blame your past for the way you are now, which isn't very helpful because if you can't change the past, then you can't change now and you can't change the future. So in our practice, we look at, cool, what happened in the past and how were you brought up and what are you modelling and what are you believing and what are you thinking Know all that so we can connect the dots, but just know that you, at some point, you chose to believe and behave this way for a reason. Um, so we're sense-making creatures and whatever happened to you or around you, you chose to make a meaning around that. Um <laughs> I'm just reading this comment. As a kid, these were big treats that we only got occasionally. Now you can have them whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. So like times are a bit different too. It's just like so easily accessible or the treats and stuff. Um, okay, I'm going to dig in. Well, no, okay. So does that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling because I really want to write on it so that it makes more sense and I'm just trying to do the best without a pen. Taylor's got it. Awesome. Got some nods. Yep. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. So whatever happens to you, you create a belief and a meaning around what has happened. You chose to believe something and usually believe something about yourself. That's then affected the way you perceive life now and how you process information from the environment. And it has also set up a bunch of patterns that are showing up in your behavior and in the way that you think and feel, um, including your relationship with food. Um, so it's like, cool, that's great to know, but what do we do with all that to actually make a difference? Um, so we have a saying in our practice that every behavior and actually every symptom, even every physical symptom that you have has a belief underneath. Let that sink in. So there's two, two big questions. Like this is a huge topic. This would take maybe like weeks, 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 weeks to really uncover, but I wanted to give you two awesome questions that can help you to look at the root cause, uh, root, the metaphysical root causes as to why you eat the things that you eat. So one great question is, why is that a problem? And the other question is, what does that mean about me? 
So for some of our clients, we know that we like to do a little bit of coaching, chat box coaching sometimes. Um, so let's play with the with the chat box if you're up for it. And everyone, if everyone does it, there'll be lots of things coming through their comments. So don't kind of feel like anyone's judging you because I'm not even going to be able to keep up with your names and who said what. <laughs> but I want I want to just play with this question. Why is that a problem? So most of you um, are here because of emotional eating issues potentially showing up in your life even Michelle it's an issue for you because you're seeing it in your husband so I'm guessing that's an issue for you <laughs> maybe um so why 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 is the, why are the things that you eat and the way that you eat a problem for you and just like pop it in the chat so increase weight and I'm going to repeat this question many many times so um Denise I think I'm pronouncing your name right um, why is increased weight a problem? And other people put their pop their problems in. And asking this question at least seven times is gonna get to it some deep understandings and insights. And what you don't know you can't change. So have a play and see what is uncovered. Without any judgment too. You can't do self-awareness without judgment. So if you're feeling like, then you're not going to have any kind of insights popping up. Um, Okay. Weight gain, not good for health and feeling crappy or not happy. So why, Miranda, is weight gain, which is not good for your health and you feeling crappy and not happy, why is that a problem? Oakley, because I have... Because I, why is not having control sometimes a problem? Denise, why is having diabetes and feeling like you need to watch your weight and your blood sugar levels a problem? And then just keep typing it into the chat box. And I actually, I turned up for the CPA points, but this is so awesome. Um, so bloating, then thinking badly about self-image, then goes downhill. Okay, so why why is having bloating and then self-image issues a problem? Um, Lydia, I want to understand the issues as a practitioner. Cool. So the best place to start is with yourself, unless you don't feel like you have emotional eating issues, then whatever issue you have in life, you can use the same question. Why is that a problem? Um, Siegfried, because emotional eating affects sometimes my digestive system, such as bloating, tend to feel also more tired when eating more sugar and not getting the right nutrients. Okay, cool. So why is having digestive issues and bloating a problem? And why is being tired a problem when you eat more sugar? Oakley, because I feel sick from overindulging. Cool. Why is being sick from overindulging a problem? Miranda, being happy means being able to enjoy life and get the most out of every day before it's too late. Um, okay, yeah. So why do you feel why do you feel like that's a problem? Uh, and I feel like emotional eating feels to me as self sabotage, like a cycle. So why is this self sabotage and being stuck on this cycle a problem? Michelle, I'm a binge eater and affects my gut the next day. So why is having binge eating and having gut issues a problem? It's getting repetitive, but the more you ask this question, the more that you're actually breaking down layers of the conscious mind and you're getting into the unconscious state, which is where all the gold information is. Um, okay, so Fiona, why is having skin issues a problem? And Taylor, um, okay, so why is why is thinking about food all the time and getting stuck in a cycle a problem? Or why is using food to relieve stress a problem? Okay, okay, you kind of like you've done the – you've actually probably asked – answered the question three – three layers so then the last one this takes me away from other elements of life connection energy do the things I love awesome so why is that a problem like why is not 
being able to do the things that you love and that helps you to feel connected and have energy a problem. How are you guys going? You stuck with the last problem? <laughs> or if you've kind of just been like mulling this over in your head, I would – I actually feel like we're just – like if you were a client, if you were a client, you're only skimming the surface at the moment. Maybe Taylor's gotten a few levels deeper. So, so write that question down, like why is that a problem? And that can be something that you can think about later on. And then the second question, which you can try answering right now based on your current awareness, what does that mean about me? So if I go back up, Michelle, when you binge eat and it affects your gut the next day, what, what does that mean about me or you? Yeah, and self-sabotage is a problem because I'm saying I don't deserve to feel great beating myself up. So what, what does that mean about you? Or Fiona, when you have skin issues after poor food choices, that sounds like a problem. So then what does it mean about you? Mm, it means I have unresolved something I'm trying not to face. Yeah. Michelle, not having control over how much or what I eat. And when you don't have control, how does it make you feel about yourself? Or when you realise that you have unresolved things that you're trying not to face, how does that make you feel about yourself? I don't feel safe with emotions. Yeah. And if you don't feel safe with emotions, then what does that mean about you? Fiona, that I need to value myself more and not put those foods into my body. Yeah. So you can see here, like from the initial questions, what foods do you love to eat when you're emotional eating or hate to eat when you're emotional eating? Um, that's really just like the symptom, like the, the behaviour is simply just a symptom of these underlying um dysfunctions, these repressed emotions and a lot of these uh, unconscious beliefs that you have about yourself or about the world that you live in. And then combine that with all the physical imbalances. Well, no wonder people get stuck in this cycle that they can't get out because a lot of the times people either just continue eating the things and maybe just trying to do surface level fixes maybe like a diet or, I don't know, go to the gym or something like that. Or what I also see is that people only trying to do the physical stuff but not the metaphysical stuff or vice versa. And so the body and mind are connected and like everything is affecting everything else. And so until you can unravel all the different ways that our body systems are interacting with our unconscious state and our beliefs, then it can be really hard to get out of the stuck cycle or you might get out of it, but you keep falling back into it. Um, I'll just read a couple of these other comments. So Michelle, disappointed because I won't feel the best later on and it affects my anxiety. Yeah. And then deeper than that too, like if you could turn some of these statements or these feelings into an I am statement, that's where you get into like the core belief, the core root cause belief that affects everything, not just our emotional eating patterns, but also the state of our nervous system. So when I talk about core deep beliefs, it's often um, I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, 
Um, I'm different. I don't belong. I'm a failure. Um, I'm wrong. I'm broken. So these are like really core beliefs that we actually create before the age of seven often, which have a major impact on the rest of our lives and how we show up in the world and our behavior and our thoughts and the state of our health as well. Um, Sigrid, Sig, Sigfrid, I hope I'm saying that right. It's a problem to eat more sugar because it's not healthy and affects me in different ways. I put it down to issues with the nervous system, mind, gut connection, certain stresses in life, feeling I can improve, feeling like, feeling I can improve to eat more healthy and less sugar. Agree also in my case that anxiety is a cause regards stresses, recent surgery affected regards job. Yeah. And then even deeper than that too, um, which I was chatting to a lovely lady earlier, is that even when big stuff happens to you, outside of you, like big events, big events that any human being who is not a psychopath will get stressed or triggered or feel some sort of emotion to it, the only there's a difference between having a healthy stress response and having an unhealthy stress response. And so when we have unhealthy stress responses, it's only showing up because there's a dysfunctional belief underneath that. So some sort of hidden issue around like essentially not being good enough, Um, which is huge. You don't have a doctor saying that to you (laughs) when it's just like if you unpack all the layers, it always ends up down there um okay so here we go that the deepest root cause is an unkind belief you have about yourself and a lot of the times they're hidden and they're unconscious so for me I had this belief that I was weak and incapable an old old belief that I created as a kid um that until I actually unpacked things and this was actually after I did a whole heap of physical healing in like traditional functional medicine had amazing results in terms of my health issues But my stress response was better because I'd done all the adrenal herbs and all that sort of stuff. But um, And things went along pretty good for a few years until COVID hit and then all my health issues flared up again. And this time, none of the lab testing, none of the supplements, the diets worked to budge hardly any symptoms. And so it wasn't until I did this deeper root, root cause work that then my body like literally was safe. It felt safe, it could relax, it could be calm, it could digest food, it could, my immune system could calm down um, and it, it's huge, it's huge. So taking that holistic approach is so important. Um, okay, so so in our, so we call, I guess, our program the Ending Body Burnout Method because we want to end it. We want to give you the tools, not just like pump you up with supplements and good foods, which you're probably struggling to do anyway but actually help you to understand why you do what you do, why your body systems are the way or the symptoms that you're experiencing are the way that they are and then help you to essentially rewire your brain and regulate your nervous system while also resetting all your body systems with all the good nutritional stuff. Um, And so we do that in a process. So the first process is like really getting – an understanding on where your body systems are at and if there are any imbalances. They're usually – actually, I've never tested people with like maybe our three main tests and everything has been fine. There's always stuff going on if you have physical symptoms. You can't have a physical – you can't have a physical symptom without there being a body system imbalance. So we do that first, get the lab test done so we can clearly see what's going on from the physical side of things. And then we do a program called Spark, which is all about, well, how the heck did these body systems burn out in the first place? Where are these or what are the deeper beliefs that are affecting your behavioral patterns and your nervous system and then rewiring all of that? And on the other hand, um, healing body systems and like addressing lifestyle and that sort of stuff. And that's what we call the ending body burnout method. And it is super effective. Um, and we're very much looking at not just the body, but looking at the connection between the mind, body and the environment that we live in and how it's affecting our behavior and also our health. Um, so functional medicine very much goes beyond just treating symptoms. If you look at this little model, um, a lot of 
uh, practitioners or doctors will look at, oh, you've got this symptom, I'll take this thing or do this thing. Whereas in functional medicine, we want to go that step deeper and actually test the body systems, what's actually causing those symptoms in the first place. And then in our practice, we do a, I get like a deeper approach to functional medicine in terms of what are these deeper root causes that are affecting everything else. Um, oh, did anyone do the ending body burnouts assessment? If you're up for it, you can put your score in the uh, um, in the chat box, but no pressure. But this is a great assessment to do. If you have a phone, you can actually take a picture of that very fancy QR code if you want to do that. Um, but it gives you a pretty good indication of where your body systems are at symptom-wise. Plus, it looks at your body, mind and environment root causes. So you can kind of see, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, well, we've got some weak links there. Oh, that area is not too bad. And then you have – it gives you a big report on – um, or what you need to focus on. Denise, 64, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Did you find the report useful? Um, sometimes people do the report and they're like, or get the report and they think, whoa, I didn't realise I was that bad or, oh, that actually didn't show up as bad as what I thought it was going to. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our Ending Body Burnout Assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one Ending Body Burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have Have the the best best day day ever. ever.